2023 Fresh Bites Grown Here, How South Dakota Producers Are Growing Their Specialty Crops. Welcome to SDFPA's 2023 podcast season. I'm your host, Laura Kaler. South Dakota Specialty Producers Association is made up of growers, consumers, and others interested in producing, marketing, and supporting South Dakota specialty crops, meats, and locally made products. This podcast today is made possible through a specialty crop block grant SDSPA received through the South Dakota Department of Agriculture and Natural Resources. This season, our podcast theme is Grown Here, how South Dakota producers are growing their specialty crops. Today, we are looking forward to learning from two South Dakota producers who provide their fellow residents with a summer salad necessity, lettuce. Kent Wilsey of Elk Creek Foods and Peggy Martin of Cedar Creek Gardens will be sharing how they produce lettuce on a large scale while also giving ideas and tips that apply to producers of any size. Kent and Peggy, to start off, can you both introduce yourselves and give our listeners an overview of your farm? I, I'm Peggy and I co-own Cedar Creek Gardens. We're located um, south of 1880 town off of I-90. Um, we have one, uh, a farmer's friend, uh, Caterpillar Tunnel. We put 200 footers together. So we have a 200 foot tunnel and we grow lettuce in the whole 200 foot of it. We have actually three beds um, and they're 24 inches wide and then the rest is walkways. And we sell it um, in a variety of markets. Hi, I'm Kent Wilsey with Oak Creek Foods. Um, we have, we're, we're kind of on a cattle ranch north of uh, Wicksville, uh, uh, just west of Wall. Um, we have three greenhouses. One of them we grow almost exclusively hydroponic. The other two are traditional soil. The greenhouses are 100 by 30, 100, 100 by 35, and 70 by 30. We grow lettuce and a lot of other crops and sell them at the Black Hills Farmers Market in Rapid City. Thanks. So it sounds like you both have a lot of room for lettuce. How do you decide which types of lettuce you're going to grow? Um, and how do you get started with that? The number one, you grow things that people will buy. That's that that sounds strange, but that's that's what you quickly uh, you, you try different varieties and you end up with what will people buy. Uh, and also uh, it's climate controlled, but it's not infinitely climate controlled. There are certain times a year you can grow certain things that you can't in other times. We have lettuce varieties that are more bolt resistant, which means they can take more heat. And and because when lettuce gets warm, it bolts, it grows really fast, really tall and tastes terrible. So um, that's how you decide what you, so that's the two things. You decide what you can grow at the time of year that you wanna grow it and what will people buy. Which varieties uh, have you found people like the most? Specifically, we, a, a lot of our customers like Alcandus lettuce. It's a, a butterhead that's got a bunch of purple in it. You can't buy it in a grocery store. It tastes great, it looks nice. That's a good one. Um, we grow some heads of, of green lettuce that a couple of different varieties. One of our big sellers is a lettuce mix. We grow just, we just buy from our seed supplier, a mix of different varieties of lettuce, put a pinch of seed in each piece of rock wool and, and grow a bunch of it and sell that by the bag. That's probably our biggest best seller. That's a, a relatively short term 
from planting to harvest and customers love the convenience of a bag of lettuce that makes an awesome salad. Mm -hmm. I agree, you need to, to listen to what your customers want. We grow at Cedar Creek Gardens, we grow um, a frilly is what we call it. It's, 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 yes. a, it's a red lettuce, but it's frilly. So it adds a little bit of uh, texture. And then that one we get um, from Johnny's. It's, it's called Red Sweet Crisp. We also grow uh, Green Star um, from Johnny's. If we're going with Rupp Seeds, we get Bergman's. Um, another one from Rupp that I really like is the new Red Fire. And then pretty much all of our Romaine is Coastal Star, just because it's dark green and it's heat tolerant. And it's just a real nice, heavy head when you get done. I'm really impressed you can grow romaine lettuce. As dumb as it sounds, I've had terrible luck growing romaine lettuce. Either bugs get into it or something. So good job. <laughs> I think the reason the romaine doesn't work might have to do with um, because you're doing hydroponics. I think it's everything that I do wrong. I, I've had, I've failed, I've failed romaine every way I can think of. I, it doesn't work well in hydroponics. Either I've let it get too hot or I've let it freeze or I get bugs in it or everything that can go wrong I've done. And it always seems to happen with romaine. So how do you guys plan for the timing of your lettuce? And how do you stagger that for the summer? Well, really? <laughs> we, yeah, early. Well, we, we grow, we start growing in about, um, we'll start the plants in the pot and shed in February. We try to get them out in March and we grow until Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving, we walk away. It doesn't matter what's left in the tunnel. We just, that's the end of our season and we'll walk away. And a lot of times, even though our, our tunnels are not heated, we have row covers on them and we can come back in April, a lot of times and harvest. It just depends on the winter, but, um, you know, it takes about three weeks in the propagation house, or, or we call it the potting shed. We don't have fancy terms, but, um, and then it takes about four to five weeks out in the field. So, you know, if you're going to want, you know, we harvest weekly. So every week somebody is starting lettuce and then we're transplanting. We, we, we go in and we don't, um, we just do a one cut. So we cut it and then that next day it's going to be replanted that bed will be replanted so there's always lettuce to go ready um pretty much from april until the end of um, november so do you grow the same varieties that whole time yes we pretty much stick with um we grow uh like a two to one ratio of red to green and then we grow um the same ratio of romaine as we go green so we start about 10 trays a week and of, of those we'll we'll do um again a two to one ratio of the red just so we have the color um and we sell it by the individual head um we don't we don't do the greens we just uh, or the mixed salad greens but most people will just grab a head at, like at the black hills farmers market they'll just grab one green one red and one romaine and they mix their own and what's your turn time on that from the time the seedling goes in there till harvest roughly? Um, from the time the transplant goes in to the ground to that, uh, we try to do four weeks. In the summertime, it can be a faster turnaround. In the spring, it's gonna be you know, closer to that five weeks. But yeah, about four weeks. Okay. Um, I wish I were that organized. We, uh, 
we tend to plant lettuce when we have a chance to plant lettuce. We harvest it when it's ready and we hope that the harvest day lines up with the farmer's market day. Uh, usually lettuce has some four or five days that you can you can put some wiggle room. We use a little different process. We grow most of our lettuce hydroponically. We'll start it in a rockwell cube. Um, after in it, two, three days, it's sprouted. After, somewhere in that five to 12 days, then we'll move that into our NFT trays, our nutrient film technique trays, and uh, watch it mature. And it, we're, again, we're not as organized. Temperature makes a big difference. Light levels make a big difference on how fast these grow. We just kind of do it when we, when it's ready. And uh, then usually we're harvesting, best case scenario, we're harvesting on Friday and selling on Saturday. And what months are your season? Um, we'll probably start planting lettuce here in the next couple of weeks. We'll be, we'll start harvesting March, April, uh, go as long as we can stand it. Uh, yeah, after Thanksgiving, it's, it's <laughs> tough, to, tough to do much. Um, that's what our, our season is. And you both hit on it a little bit before, but could you delve a little bit deeper about starting your lettuce and getting it ready for transplant? Talk to me about uh, your lights, uh, your soil nutrients, or if you're using hydroponics, kind of how you manage everything and get it ready. Peggy, you want to go first? Well, we, um, we, like I said, we have a potting shed and in that potting shed is, um, it's a room and both sides are shelves from floor to ceiling. And then we have grow lights in there. And like the biggest challenge is in the summertime because of the high temp, um, you know, it, it lettuce will go into a thorn, um, a, a dormant stage. They, they call it thermal dormancy. And so when it's exposed to real high temperatures, so then, um, you know, to get optimum germination, you want that around 60 to 70 degrees. Um, if you're going to, you know, sow it right in the ground, you definitely want, uh, it's harder in the summertime if you're sowing right in the ground because it's like the ground temps can be so warm. And then our lights, we, we spent a lot of time researching what lights, like our grow lights, we have, um, we, we use two different bulbs. And we just have the, you know, the shop lights, the eight foot shop lights, but they're LED. And so we will use um, um, on the, so we have the red, we have on the 4,000 um, and, and they're, me they're measured in Kelvins. And so we'll have a 4,000 on one side and then we'll have like a, a 5,500 to a 6,500. So then we get the blue light because you need both the red and the blue, um, you know, and if the more blue light, the more um, you're going to have, um, you know, stockier plants, shorter plants. So definitely on our tomato row, we will be using those. So yeah, we do. I mean, there's a lot of science that goes into it. Um, even, even our pro mix, you know, we use one with um, microsi in it. And um, because that, that helps lettuce, it really helps in the producing of it. Like our broccas, you know, broccas are one of the few um, plants that cannot pr pr produce their own form of that. So we use the same mix we do for our broccas as we do for our lettuce. Um, our process, like I said, we start with a rock wool. Um, those trays each hold 98, I believe it is, uh, openings 
for lettuce. We'll, so we'll start it in that. We'll put it into what we just have a, a big enclosed shelf, really, that's uh, uh, surrounded by uh, Lexan. And that's our temperature controlled area. That's where our seeds start. We, we just make sure they have water at the correct pH for at least a couple of weeks until we start seeing true leaves instead of the seed leaves. And then we start putting just a little bit of nutrient in. Um, we use an organic nutrient called uh, Pure Blend Pro Grow. Um, it's expensive, but it works really well. So we start with a, a really weak nutrient system. As the plant matures, we start adding more, uh, a higher percentage of nutrient, make sure the pH of the water is as close to seven as we can get it. Um, we also add mycorrhizae um, to that. It does absolutely help. So we've got that that fungus in the in the water that's being circulated through our NFT trays. Uh, I don't use a lot of grow lights. I'm just now investing in grow lights. For the most part, we're talking sunlight. That that that's that's uh, worked pretty well for us, at least until the plants an inch and a half tall. If we don't, if we start getting taller plants than that, then they can't get enough sunlight and they start not being healthy plants anymore. And that's when we know we absolutely have to get it spread out more and get it more light to it. For the most part, we're using sunlight. Yeah, and we do, we only use the, um, the grow lights in the early spring or in the, in the later of the fall. But you know, once they pop up out of the seed trays, they go right to the plant tunnel. And the plant tunnel is just an extra high tunnel that we have. But I agree, you know, it's hard to grow under grow lights and, and we, you know, have them right down next to the tray. And then as that plant gets up, but you know, they're probably not even a half inch tall, the lettuce transplants are before out of that pot and shed they go into the natural sunlight. Yep. Okay. Peggy, have you found any tricks to help with uh, transplanting and helping them shift over? Um, Again, ours are not babied once they come out of the um, potting shed, you know, they go right into that plant tunnel. And so it's the same environment in the plant tunnel as it's going to be where they're going to live out their happy little lives till we whack up their heads off and ship them off, you know, I mean, <laughs> they're not babied anyway. I will say, though, that, you know, I, I've seen um, a lot of people in their potting sheds, they get that green algae you know, going on top and, and they'll get some dampening off. If you just take a little vermiculite and spread that on the top of your trays, that'll help with that dampening off and that green algae. Um, we always start with a clear dome on top of our transplant trays. So the humidity stays in there that helps with our germination rate. Um, we also use a 98 cell tray um, and we get those from Nolts and they're like, I don't know, they're 130 bucks for a hundred of them. I think, and, and we, and then we just wash and sterilize them and use them over, but we start all of our, you know, our, our corn transplants, our tomato transplants, well, no, not our tomatoes, we start those in a 512 and then pot them up, but, you know, our cabbage, our broccoli, our watermelon transplants are all those 98 cells. But you're doing soil in the 98 cell, right? It's Correct. It's potting soil? Okay. Yeah, yep, we're using the potting soil, and, and the, the potting soil is, uh, again, it, it's just a, you know, a pro mix blend and, and we buy it by the big tote fulls. We get it from a greenhouse down by armor 
and we buy it not in individual bags. We actually buy it, you know, just like your feed for your livestock comes in the big white coats. That's what we get it in because it's just cheaper. Hmm, and I got to find your supplier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we get it. And then we just, um, you know, fill the trays and then we have a dibbler. So, oh, good. so we have a dibbler and, and ours happens to be um, something that we made. It's just a chunk of stainless steel. And then we use um, wire nuts, the yellow ones, and we put a screw in it. And so they're um, all screwed on there, 98 of them. And you just fill your tray and you fill it and then you water it. And then you push this dibbler in and it puts all of your holes in. And then it, it's a, um, the exact same depth and every single hole is. I mean, when we first started, you know, we had a little piece of uh, irrigation tubing that we used and we would poke the individual holes. Well, when you're doing 10 trays a week, you know, um, which is close to 980 to 1,000 plants, you just don't have time for that. And then we also have a, a, do it, a, a DIY vacuum seeder um, that we built. Um, and so if you're looking for something, you know, kind of get the idea, you want to look up farmer Keith on YouTube and he has, he had, the, he had the first version and then he had the second one and, and our, again, ours wasn't, you know, 50 bucks is what we have invested to our, our vacuum seeder. And, and it literally has a vacuum. I mean, I went and got a five gallon shop co vacuum from the hardware store and that's what pulls all of the seeds into the hole and then you turn it over and and you match it up with your holes on, that you poked with your dibbler and you shut the vacuum off and all the seeds fall into the tray and you're done but yeah farmer keith and he has a, a lot of other wonderful videos about all kinds of things to watch but the the you know we used to hand seed it so i would tell you if you're hand seeding definitely go with the pelleted seeds versus you know, them tiny, tiny little lettuces, the pelleted ones. Yeah. Yep. And I'm hand seeding. We spend a lot of time standing at a bench with a handful of seeds and a, and a tweezer going one, two, three, four, five. And that's uh, the vacuum seeder sounds like a really good plan. Yeah. And you can build one literally for under 50 bucks. I mean, it's a piece of plexiglass and, and you can use the 1020 trays, those black trays that are standard and you yeah if you go go google farmer keith on youtube and he just has it some simplified and you know we because we're going to use ours over and over and over again i i finally did have um the bottom tray made into stainless steel um but again i i mean i i just you know had a local person build it and i don't i don't think it cost me 50 bucks to have it just because we were using it so much you know but um yeah the, the vacuum seeder cuts down but otherwise i mean when we first started you know, it was dropping, like I say, dropping every seed in with a, with the tweezers and, and then, um, and you have to keep them, you know, fairly consistent on your transplants. You, you don't want to overwater them. That's why we, we use those 98 cell trays. They have a hole in the bottom. And so what we'll do is we'll take that 98 and we'll put it in a 1020. And so it catches the water in our potting shed so that we don't have water all over and then when we take them to the plant shed, we just, you know, lift the 98 cell out and away we go. And, and we, um, we do top water, um, our transplants. Um, we don't, we just use the magic blue wand that, you know, you can buy at any garden store. It's not special. Where, where we're growing in the soil, we use a lot of drip tape. 
similar thing, just trying to get the soil moist. Yep. And, and we use, um, we because our tunnel is um, landscape fabric and we've burned all of the holes so that we're not constant. And we, because we don't want to grow in the dirt right on the dirt, you know, because then you just have the whole other issue of having to wash it and, um, you know, try to oh, keep okay. the slugs out of it and everything. So we just, our tunnel is, is 15 foot wide. So we went to Knowles and we got a 15 foot wide landscape fabric and it runs the whole length of it. And we burned permanent holes and that oh, made our wow. walkways and everything. And then we use in our lettuce tunnel, it's the only tunnel that we have that has overhead irrigation. And um, we bought the irrigation kit from Farmer's Friend when we bought our tunnels. And the reason we use the overhead is because then if it's a hundred degree day, we can turn it on to mist and we can get that lettuce cooled down. I mean, at five, 10 minutes and you can see a 15 degree temp drop. And that's going to help slow all of that bolting that you'll see a lot of times in the summer. And we do um, spray our tunnels. We, we used to put shade cloth on. Um, it's a lot of dollars for those shade cloths and it's a lot of labor to put them on and off. And now there's a product called Cool Ray that you can buy from Nolts and a five gallon pail is like a hundred bucks and that'll do all eight of our, we have eight high tunnels all together and it'll do the whole thing. And, and literally bud, you know, the, the four wheeler sprayer that you spray weeds with he will put that in there and because it's got a big wand and you can shoot it a long ways. And so we'll thin it down to get 30% uh, coverage. And then we will cover that lettuce tunnel and that will drastically um, keep the heat temp down in there. Good and then we'll, we'll also, again, you know, because labor is, I mean, you can, can tell you there's a lot of labor that goes into lettuce, but I mean, yeah. it's worth it. But um, we'll turn that on at night. Like, uh, you know, in the summertime, it doesn't get dark till 10 central time. So we'll try turn that on about 9, 930. And then it'll wash that lettuce for us. Then overnight it will dry it. And the next morning it's pretty much clean. We used to pull them out and now we just twist them off. And then, um, then, then we'll come back in and just plant right around that. You know, you don't cut them. You, you twist them rather than cut them. Huh. We twist them. We twist them off. And so the root ball stays in there. And yep. then when we come back to plant, it, it just kind of moves over to the side. So then we're adding green manure, you know, yep. because the root ball is still there. It still is adding to that soil. Yep. Down in there, there's a worm colony that's just fabulous. Yeah, there is. And there's a slug colony sometimes too. And Ooh, so then that's we'll not have so good. Yeah, then we'll have to use um, some copper to get rid of those those slugs. Kent, what are some tricks and systems you've developed for harvesting? Ours frequently gets packed. Um, like I said, we cut on a Friday typically. Uh, we'll be frantically packing lettuce um, Saturday and, and Friday night. We'll bring it. It depends on the outside air temperature. If it's really hot, uh, especially with the, the uh, uh, lettuce mix, we'll cut that and immediately put it into potable cold water. And then that gets taken from there into the packing shed and properly rinsed and, and, and uh, any bad leaves taken out of it if we can catch them. And it gets frequently, then it gets put in a, a lettuce spinner 
to, to get the excess water off and then we'll pack it in bags. If it's warm in our packing shed, then it goes into a refrigerator overnight. Uh, it's not as sophisticated as what Peggy says. I really admire that you have a, a uh, walk-in cooler, it sounds like, and that would be wonderful. That's, that's on my short list of, of uh, investments to happen soon. Um, well, and I will just in, inject there that, you know, the walk-in coolers, we have one fancy one because that's all we could afford, but we have three other ones and they're cool bots. You know, I mean, they're just, they're just cool bots with, we bought, um, we went to a truck salvage and we bought ice boxes off of the trucks that were at the salvage yard. And then we just, you know, took the, the units that were off of them and we slapped in cool bots. And for those of you that don't know, a cool bot is, is a device that you can buy from store it cold and it attaches to a household air conditioner that will then be able to take it down to a 30 to 40 degree temp. So yeah, ours isn't our two, the our lattice one isn't fancy. It's just a it's just a you know box and a cool bot. Coolers run right at 35, 34 to 35 is where we keep it. And we can keep, you know, lettuce for two weeks um, without getting that brown rusty on it because we'll cut it and we'll, um, we'll just pack it into the box and, um, and we put a plastic bag, food safe, you know, garbage bag, and then we'll put it into that bag and the next day, then, it, then we ship it off. That's all you need. Um, things we've done is stacked up boxes of our lettuce mix. And then on top, we put a box that's full of ice and it keeps the, the stack cool. If you're really, really broke, that, that can work for at least overnight. Mm -hmm. Kent, you mentioned using a salad spinner and I'm imagining my little household one and how long it would probably prep, take to prep everything for the farmer's market. Do you have a larger scale Salad spinner, have, what do you use? We have a restaurant, a restaurant scale salad spinner. It's about two feet in diameter and two feet tall. But still, we're processing a long time when you're talking about uh, 150 bags of lettuce because a bag of lettuce, that, that salad spinner um, processes about five to 10 bags of lettuce at most. So yeah, it still takes us a lot of time and we've, we've got to find more efficient ways of doing things. I've heard of people using old washing machines and all sorts of things, but I was really worried about sanitation. So I went with a restaurant unit. Um, it's hand cranked. <laughs> you just fill it full and put the lid on and turn the crank and it goes and, and, and centrifugal force spins the water out of it. Um, we only use that for our, our lettuce mix and it, it makes a nice product. That's why we charge quite a lot for that silly lettuce mix because it, it gets handled a lot before it's done. Kent, do you guys have the bubbler, like the tank with the bubbler in it? You know, the PVC bubbler that you just put air in. So it, it you know, when you throw it in there to wash it, it, it again, there, I mean, nope. there's D1, yeah. It, it's Unfortunately, just a, we just have a triple sink. It, yep. gets, it gets sorted in the first sink and then it gets, um, uh, sanitized real quick in the second one and, and then rinsed in the third. And, and how do you dry yours? With the salad spinner. With the salad spinner? Yeah. That's the lettuce mix. Yep, on there. Yeah, we have um, one of those converted washing machines and we have separate baskets 
we are, and then we can, the basket comes out, it's just the orange basket and yeah, we sanitize that when we're done and then we put it back in the washing machine and you know, all the guts are out of the washing machine. There's no tub or anything. It just goes in there and then we have a, a lid that shuts it. Um, so yeah, we, we do have one of them. And matter of fact, um, South Dakota specialty producers, was it two years ago, Laura? I think we had a green spinner workshop. Um, and then we also had the root washer workshop and and you could build your own and we and we actually purchased kits for anybody that attended so they got all of what they needed and then a hands-on instructions on how to build them that would be handy you'll have to look um if you reach out to spa we can probably look up who across the state or closest to you might have one that you could look at okay hmm. so can you grow in soil and the hydroponics, correct, for your lettuce? Right. Lettuce is pretty much all hydroponics. Um, we've tried in soil and, and had poorer luck, probably mm -hmm. because I didn't have all of Peggy's tricks with covering the <laughs> soil and, and, and the wonderful experience she's got. The trick is keeping the, the water fresh, uh, keeping the temperature appropriate, keeping the pH right, and keeping the nutrient mix right. And, and then keeping insects out of it because they just happen. Uh, as tight as you try to make the tunnel, insects get in. There's just no way around it. And since I'm not trying, I'm trying very hard not to use harsh pesticides, uh, we fight insects a lot. I was surprised up until this point, neither of you have mentioned insects. So I was wondering how you avoid them. But Peggy, what do you do to deal with pests? We we have insect netting on like low tunnels. And so we will put those on and then um, tip them off to harvest. And okay. yeah, you're correct. I mean, overnight you could have an aphid infestation. They're just horrible. And I mean, you've got to be due diligent. You've got to have, you know, your yellow sticky tags out and constantly be looking and, um, you know, looking for that. And then if you get something, you know, there are some products out there. Some of them are Omri approved, some are not. Um, and, and we're like, Kent, you know, we try to grow organically as possible. So um, a lot, a lot of times, I mean, I, yeah, we've had to throw it. Uh, the, yep. the one day when, I mean, we threw, you know, uh, probably, I don't even know how many feet it was. It was a lot. It was sickening. It was a, it was yep. a five o'clock beer day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure we got till five o'clock, but yeah, it was like, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. The, the aphids are horrible. We use a lot of neem oil and we are on a constant um, uh, subscription for ladybugs. We, we, we really, we use a lot of ladybugs in our high tunnel to try to control aphids. Seems to work pretty well. The, uh, those guys really go after the aphids. Um, you can tell when the aphids are kind of thing out because the ladybugs stop, they, they disappear. <laughs> that is correct. Our, we have the same thing. We, we used to um, grow it in a different tunnel that had screening on the side. So then the ladybugs, you know, were kind of trapped in there. Um, and, and it'd be so, like all of a sudden there would be, you know, I mean, we, and when I'm talking about ladybugs, you know, like 5,000 of them yep. that we would buy. Yep you know, and, and they'd come and you just let them out at night. So they'd stick around and, um, but, and then pretty soon you wouldn't see any ladybugs and you know that your aphid problem was gone. Yep. Do you have to restock the ladybugs throughout the season? Yep. Okay. Um, 
like I said, we're, we're practically on a subscription. About every two months, we're getting a shipment of ladybugs in. And hopefully, you, you know, you see the little ladybug larva, the little alligators running around. But that also means that you still have aphids if, they, if they're running around. But um, all around the high tunnels, we see ladybugs now. And they're, yeah, you keep resupplying. Mm -hmm. What about weeding with your lettuce? What do you guys do for that? We don't grow in dirt. We don't weed. <laughs> we we don't we just grow and and that's why we put down the landscape fabric because um especially if you're trying to do the salad mixes it is and you're going right in the dirt um the the weeds are going to come and you're again labor too labor intense to make a dollar yeah when we first started we grew in the ground and we grew outside and putting it in the tunnel in the um, landscape fabric was a game changer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just make it's so much cleaner. Um, you know, I mean, I, there's just a hundred reasons to do it. Mm -hmm. And we're in, in the hydroponic NFT trays, the weeds aren't an issue. They're, that tray is three feet off the ground. You, you don't get weeds in there. It's mm -hmm. just an opening uh, three inches in diameter that that plant's growing out of, just similar to Peggy's hole in her, in her uh, inner cloth. Do you guys have any tricks or thoughts that you'd want to share about how you market your lettuce? You can't compete with Walmart. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't try to grow. I, I would, I would highly recommend don't try to grow iceberg lettuce because it's, it's just too cheap and you can't grow a product that's better significantly than that. Uh, you want to look for things that are a little different, preferably things that are eye catching, um, good taste, uh, those things will come back. Those th things bring customers back. You know, it makes a nice looking salad that's different than what you, you know, buy in a bag at Walmart. Uh, Kent, have you ever tried a, any of those Salvanova from Johnny's? Yes, we did try them last fall. It, they're beautiful. They sold really well. Yeah. They want a lot for the seeds. <laughs> they really want a lot for the seeds. So they're proud of them. But, but they, they do sell really well and it grew hydroponically beautiful. It does, but what do, you, what do you think of the taste? It tastes like lettuce. Does it? Yeah, <laughs> I, we, we, we grew lettuce? them. Yeah, we grew them for one year, but there's no weight to them. And one of our biggest vendors, we sell by the pound. And so it was making those cost a lot. And, um, and then, I, in the middle of the summer, the taste just was like blah. And so that's why we went with back to the, you know, the Green Star or we went to the Bergman's um, and that red sweet crisp that it, it is a brand of Selvanova, but it's not the butter type. It's, it's the frilly type. And that oh, one, that's probably, yeah. And that's, that's that red. I wish the I wish the green was as um, heat tolerant and um, cold tolerant as the red, but it's not. But that red, yeah, that red is, that's a champion. That's what we tried last fall and I, I will be planning again is the red Saladova uh, frilly, the frilly yeah. red stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, it's got all the, it hits all the buttons. It tastes good. It looks fantastic. You can't buy it at Walmart. You know, that's, that's, um, that's, yeah. that's a winner from our point of view. And, and that one is specifically called Red Sweet Crisp. And that one is from yep. Johnny's. 
And if you're and if you're into roofs, that then it's new red fire because those are the main two suppliers that we get from. And so I'm sure other vendors have them, but um, they're definitely and we and we get the pelleted ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. pelleted costs more, but boy, it's it's a whole lot easier to deal with. Lettuce seeds. If anybody's reading, listening, and doesn't know, lettuce seeds are tiny. They are little tiny things. A pelleted seed is that that tiny seed encapsulated in a little glob of clay, and it works great. What are the tips and tricks do you guys have? I feel like you both of your brains are filled with so much knowledge that I don't even know which <laughs> questions to ask. But is there any catastrophes that you've had that you'd like to warn others based on? what you learned all of the above i had my i had my of course i'm growing hydroponically last year i had a disaster i have this automatic ph control system that's based on a ph meter that you know it's automatically continuously sensing the ph of the water that's flowing through the system and it's adding acid as it as it needed because around here our water's kind of basic it's hard water unbeknownst to me that that sensor had gone bad and it was just dumping acid in there and it destroyed everything, just burnt everything to a crisp. And I could not figure out for the longest time what was going on. Uh, that, that was a disaster last year. Um, another disaster, of course, is it just gets too hot and everything bolts. That's, that's enough to make a person cry. Um, aphids are a disaster. Um, go away for a day and, and uh, not know that a, a water line broke and emptied the tank and it, everything didn't get watered for a whole day and everything's dead. That's, that's a classic hydroponic disaster. That's that soil. People don't have that. It's either wet or it's, you know, it, it can, it can last a day or two without getting water. If it has to, there's just no, in the NFT type system, there's no water retention. It's just water flowing past their roots. So it's, um, let's see what other disasters have we had? Uh, those are the big ones. <laughs> well, that's enough. <laughs> but we did have a hydroponic system, and you're right; it drove me nuts. <laughs> and then, the, then you know, it was the lights, and then it was like, okay, the pH is off because again, we have one, and we had—I I don't know—it was probably a hydro fifteen foot, you know, ten foot, ten by fifteen foot rack, and then we had the the trays in there. We did it one year and we still have that thing. And I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that. No more. No. We, we got started with hydroponics because water is an issue here. We really don't have quite enough water for what we were producing. I, I've looked into getting another well, I, but oh my gosh, they want a lot of money to drill a well. That, that's why we ended up with hydroponics to start out with. And, you know, for, we use about 300 gallons of water a week in our hydroponic system. And we use about a thousand gallons a day in our, in our soil tunnels. So that's why we had to use hydroponic. Um, yeah, I, I will say that our nutrients, um, the way that we feed them again, it's not fancy. It's, it's a, you know, a, um, an injector and it's a Dectron and it has a little hose and it's got a little stone on it. And we put it in the five gallon bucket and then we know that it's uh, one scoop of this and two scoops of that. And, and we use a, you know, a blend um, for our nutrients. Um, and then it just, we run it, 
we because our tunnel is 200 foot long we have it divided into two zones 200 foot zones because you have to have a certain amount of water pressure to get those wobblers going in the um irrigation and so we don't have enough water pressure so we we water 100 foot and then we turn it off and water the other 100 foot and we do that at night again because that'll help wash it and it's cooler and you know you go turning that hose on in the middle of the day and you know you throw cold water on a hot lettuce plant um yeah you can end up with some some boiled kleenex stuff but but again what we'll do is if we're going to you know we need to cool the tunnel down we'll go turn the hydrant on and make sure that and flush that line because we have a, a exterior hose that to it so the water doesn't go through the wobblers it can go out and just you know spray on the ground so then we can turn them on and we'll miss that and that again that's one of the things that's key is keeping that um, lettuce cool so it doesn't bolt because the, the thing that'll make it bolt the fastest is the heat yep. so my final question for you is a tricky one especially to think about today in january but six months from now you guys want a salad. What things are you putting on for your dream salad? The works. <laughs> Mushrooms, I, cucumbers, tomatoes, I, green peppers. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I love our lettuce mix. Um, the red frilly lettuce that, that uh, Peggy mentioned is great. Um, Alkandus lettuce works great. It gives you this nice purple uh, stuff. Um, I would put some kale in it also. And yeah, if we if our mushroom vendor can give me some mushrooms, those are good. Uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, uh, sweet peppers are nice. Uh, breadcrumbs, mm -hmm. <laughs> bacon, <Sounds> delicious bacon, <laughs> yeah, bacon. And because we both attend the Black Hills Farmers Market, um, Alan from Black Hills Mushrooms, that that's the bomb. I mean, oh my gosh, huge shout out to Alan. He has oh. wonderful mushrooms. <laughs> Now you have us excited for summer and even more reasons. But. <laughs> and the Black Hills Farmers Market, that one goes through the winter though, correct? It does. So the mushrooms are maybe available now. Yes, they are. At least they were at our last one in December. They were. And Perfect. I wish everybody in my family loved mushrooms as much as I did. Right. We'll be there Saturday. We'll be selling beef. No lettuce. Not yet. Another thing you might think about, uh, that we we didn't touch the other product that we do that's even shorter is microgreens peggy do you ever grow microgreens we have um mainly as chicken fodder <laughs> i mean we grow, <laughs> we, grow, we grow for our chickens all the time but um no we don't we don't be, just because there's um another company that we deal with and and so we let them do the microgreens and you know, because that's their niche marketing. So, but yeah, they are, there is some dollars to be made in the microgreens, but again, we just grow them for chicken fodder. Okay. Can you talk uh, a little bit about your experience with microgreens? Okay. Early in the season, like right now, um, if I want a product to sell, um, I've, I've, you know, messed up and not planned things well, and I want something to sell in two weeks, I can grow microgreens, which is just um, a lettuce mix actually it's a brassica mix um, that you grow on a mat and it takes about two weeks to go from putting seeds down to harvesting your microgreens that makes a really delicious salad and uh, you're you're mentioning the salads said triggered me to that if you really want to get fancy you get do a microgreen salad 
that's a nice product. There are people who are really interested in that. And I can grow that in my, I can nearly grow it in my windowsill in my house. But, um, you know, th there is a market for that. The, the profits are okay. Um, but the nice thing is it's just something green in the wintertime that you can, you can present. Can you use your hydroponic system for that too? No, I don't. I just use a, a basic tray with a mat in the bottom of it. Um, you moisten the mat, you uh, spread the seeds over it, keep it warm, and those things sprout. They're not even up to a true leaf yet. They're usually when you harvest them, then there's just a, a seed leaf. It's an inch and a half, two, two inches tall. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I've a great either, way to have fresh salad in the winter. Super fresh in the winter. Uh, that that is a nice little niche product. Um, I've sold it both harvest it and put it in a, a container or just cut the mat and sell it and let people harvest it themselves when they're ready. Mm. That's a that's a small variation on lettuce that is popular in certain groups. And if you want the ultimate salad, that's that's what you do. Wonderful. Thanks. And there are different there are different mixes of microgreens for whether you want it like a bunch of radishes so it's spicy or it's just brassicas that are mild and they're, they're nice. Mm -hmm. Great, that's something to look forward to as well. Well, thanks Kent and Peggy for visiting with us today and sharing all of your knowledge and tips. Um, if anyone listening wants to learn more, you both have Facebook pages, correct? For Elk yes, Creek sir. Foods and Cedar Creek Gardens? Correct. Wonderful, so they can check that out and I'm sure that your contact information is there and if they've got questions to reach out, right? Absolutely. Sure. Right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to the South Dakota Specialty Producers Association podcast. Until next time, keep growing.